to episode 58 of UConn 360. That's the only podcast in the world that covers the University of Connecticut from every conceivable angle. Coming to you from the four corners of Connecticut, roughly, approximately. Uh, we are your merry UConn 360 crew. My name is Tom Breen. I'm your facilitator of sorts. Joining me, my colleagues, Maxine Philavon. Coming to you live from New Haven. All right. Julie Bartuka. Here in Weathersfield. And Ken Best. From the Wall of Sound studio in Mansfield Center. Very nice. How's everyone doing? In the uh, This is our third coronavirus episode, slightly slimmed down format, and obviously we're not in our studio. Things are a little different, but I think we're all adjusting. How's everyone doing? Doing well. I don't like that you've turned your video off, Tom. It's very bizarre to just hear your disembodied voice, but... <laughs> no, that's going to be really upsetting for our listeners, too, who won't... <laughs> Who don't get to see you. I'm doing well. I can't believe we're almost through week seven or week six going into week seven of this, but it's all right. I've loved all the Yukon Nation stepping up to help either make PPE with 3D printing. And there are two emergency department doctors that have created a shield for those who have to do intubations. There's just people stepping up all over to keep our healthcare workers safe, which is really cool. But yeah, it's doing okay on the home front over here. How are you guys? How's the student situation, Maxine? doing good well except for <laughs> except for yesterday when um remember last semester where my laptop crashed well this time my laptop did die Ooh. uh yeah so it's, it's fine though i have another laptop that i can use but it's been fine i think there's only like two weeks left officially of class until i'm done forever i know well, it dawned on me that we're losing maxine really soon and i got really <laughs> sad this is my second to last episode next next episode's my last episode Ugh. I'm going to lose the voice of the students. Terrible. It's terrible. Uh, we'll have to do something special for your last episode. I don't know what that will be, but we'll figure something out. Well, uh, so yeah, you're done in two weeks. And then, uh, I mean, I guess it's weird to talk about plans, right? Because everyone's plans are basically the same uh, in that yeah. wait, wait until this is over. Yeah, everyone's on like a hiring freeze right now. So I've been having trouble finding like a full-time job. But I think everyone, me and everyone else is just going to figure it out. I think we've been figuring it out this entire time. So I, I'm not worried about it yet. And ask me in two weeks and then I'll tell you <laughs> I'm worried about it. We have faith in you, Maxine. Thank you. And Tom, People you know, I've been busy heard. because you're getting my stuff. Yes, it's true. And and hopefully our listeners know that too, because they're constantly going to today.ucon.edu. Constantly. They're refreshing. It's the, the lone <laughs> rate of light in their bleak lives. Oh, you don't have bleak lives. Well, I mean, because of the because of the pandemic, not normally. <laughs> Everyone's trapped at home, just hitting refresh over and over, waiting for that Ken Best copy. Need that through. content. Well, you know, things have sort of gotten to a certain point when all the comic strips in the newspapers are now having pandemic themes and jokes. It's not a lot else to talk about these days. <laughs> How's Dagwood Bumstead handling the pandemic? <laughs> I'm thinking that may be one of the few that doesn't have anything on it, but uh... that's, that's shocking. It's usually very topical. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's it's. Uh, I guess everyone's doing about the same, right? It's funny. Uh, you know, I I talk to friends uh, or family, and they say, "What's new?" And nothing. Nothing is ever new. <laughs> There's nothing to report. But you know, we'll get through it, right? We'll keep all on keeping on. Yeah, We're, we could all move to Georgia and open a bowling alley. <laughs> Well, gyms, gyms are now back on the uh, list of places where you can start to go in some, some areas. Ugh, don't, let's not even, that's the worst idea ever. Sounds like a great idea to me. Speaking of UConn today, if you head over there, 
we're talking about things that UConn Nation is doing to step up. There's kind of a neat little idea. You can head over to UConn today and, and learn more about it. But, uh, you know, people are putting like hearts in the windows of their homes or on their mm-hmm. doors. So um, there's there's a UConn specific version of this. It's a blue heart. And you can actually download templates of it. This was an idea that UConn Health, I believe a physician's young daughter came up with. And so uh, you can go and you can download templates. You can color your own. You can show your support, not just for uh, healthcare workers, but for UConn healthcare workers. Or show your support as a Yukon person for all healthcare workers, whatever, however you want it to mean, you can, you can download it and do it that way. Um, very nice. Very nice. I have not, my people in my neighborhood uh, every Friday at seven are going outside to bang pots and pans <laughs> and I haven't done it yet. The first night it happened, I had, I forgot that this was a thing and I just got really scared. Yeah. <laughs> I can and, only imagine you're like hunkering down in your basement. Well, like I heard all this noise and I looked out the window and like the entire street, except me, everyone <laughs> out front with like pots and pans. And I thought, oh no, it's like a wicker man thing happening. <laughs> Did they send somebody to do a wellness check on you? Cause you didn't come out. <laughs> no. Uh, although a couple days later, one of my neighbors, as I was out w- working in my yard, came over and scolded me for not participating. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I, I That's- was that's pretty on brand for you. There's a there's a club and you're not in it. That's true. That is that is absolutely true. And uh, you know, frankly, uh, I wouldn't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> and so now we're quoting Groucho Marx. Quoting always, Groucho. always. Yeah, I took out my. Uh, we haven't been doing any banging on pots and pans, but I took out my Valentine's Day heart wreath and put that on on the front door for the healthcare workers. Nice. Well, uh, Maxine, providing our student perspective and being a senior. This is not the ideal way for seniors to get their degrees, right? There's a, there's going to be a virtual commencement uh, that we're putting online, um, but it's not quite the same, obviously, as being there in person to uh, walk across the stage and hear your name called and receive your diploma. But uh, some students are coming up with some creative ways to, to kind of get around that. Uh, Maxine has a story about one of those creative ways this week. Why don't you tell us a little, a little bit about it, Maxine? So when the university announced graduation was postponed for this year, It's safe to say everyone was disappointed. I know I was very, very disappointed being the first one in my family to ever graduate from college. But when UConn Gaming Club heard the news, they had a different reaction. They got to thinking, how can we give seniors the graduation they wanted where they wanted? After seeing other schools build up because of their colleges, Andy Darrow, UConn Gaming Club Minecraft chair, bought the idea of recreating commencement in Minecraft. So do you guys know what Minecraft is? Very, very vaguely. (laughs) Is it is it a video game? It's a video game. <laughs> All right. Ding, ding. <laughs> I knew so mine describes Ken, do you play Minecraft? No, but I know that uh, many of our composition music students like to create music for games. It's a big hmm. thing, according to our Grammy-winning music composition professor, Kenneth Fuchs. Yeah, so creating music and all that stuff is one of the things you can do in Minecraft. Ryan Marsh describes it better in the interview, but it's basically a video game that allows users to recreate uh, or create whatever they want in the game using blocks. Andy, Ryan, and other Yukon Gaming Club members spent more than two weeks building a two-to-one, almost exact replica of Gamble in Minecraft. I talked to Andy Vine about the project and how students or anyone really can take part in the virtual graduation. For a lot of people listening to this podcast, they don't know what Minecraft is. So for someone who doesn't know how Minecraft works or what Minecraft is, 
can you kind of summarize what what they could expect from Minecraft or what Minecraft is? The simplest way to consider a game like Minecraft is if you take the analogy of like working with Legos. So if you're if you have just a bunch of Legos in like a a big bin, then you have a bunch of different pieces and you can combine it with whatever you like, make whatever you like, build it up, break it down, play with your friends, um, build something together, play it alone, build it on your own time. And Minecraft is sort of like that, where it becomes a virtual world that lets you build whatever you want with the blocks that it provides. So Minecraft itself is based on everything's in, in blocks. Sometimes they are a little bit different shape. Like you can have a fence that's not a complete block, but things like dirt is just a whole block and you can build it up into a bunch of different things. There's like bricks, clay, concrete, any basic materials you can think of probably are there. For our purposes, we're just using the creative mode, which lets you get any blocks that you want and spawn as much things as you want. So in the normal game, you'd have to keep collecting dirt or wood if you wanted to make something. But in this, we can just grab from a lim- unlimited supply of wood and put it wherever we want. So for example, I think Gamble's mostly made out of, uh, what's it? I think it's concrete. And then the Union is a bunch of brick blocks. So the game has pretty much unlimited potential for what you want to create. And it's an easy way for anyone to join, play, and download the game. It's There's no complicated tutorials on it. It's basically install the game enter the server address, which will be public later, and join and play. So Andy, how do you come up with this idea? I'm the Yukon Gaming Club Minecraft Community Manager. The very first thing I saw was like the virtual commencement that uh, Yukon itself was going to organize. So it made me think like there are other schools that are doing things in Minecraft too. There are other schools that are doing things in like Roblox. So like what could we do for Yukon that would become like a special thing for people in this time? Because a lot of my friends are seniors too and I know they were really bummed about not being able to attend commencement and stuff. I figured Minecraft would be like a natural connection that people could use because most people like know what Minecraft is at least and they would be able to attend if they wanted to. And so that was that was like the main inception. And then Ryan sort of showed me some other stuff where like some DJs were holding concerts in Minecraft and some other schools like RIT have built their entire campus in Minecraft. So I figured like, why don't we just do the same thing? So it, it's like a huge expansive game and it takes a long time to even build anything. So I'm wondering how long did you guys work on this, on just the, of just Gamble itself and then everything Mm -hmm. outside of it? Well, it was actually really interesting um, because Gamble took the least time than out of anything that we expected. So we have a great team. Um, We have a few ECGC members and a few people outside of ECGC who are volunteering their time to help build. So when we first started, our first goal was to actually find a, a place in the world that we could place Gamble down. And then we got to engineering Yample. So the way we built Yample is we actually looked up floor plans from Yukon websites and the architecture firm that built Yample like way back when. So we were able to find out roughly like what the radius of the dome is and how tall it is. And then we did a, a bit of math to convert that to Minecraft units. So our version of Gamble is actually a one to three conversion of Gamble. From then we built the original circle. That was like the, the bottom layer. Then we built the walls, uh, and then we started building the dome. And while we were building the dome, we also started building the interior with the court and the bleachers. 
So our version of GAMP wasn't perfect, but it's like very close to the original, almost like a one-to-one copy. And for that, we used a lot of Google Maps imagery. We used a lot of interior pictures that were taken throughout various basketball games. And so it was it was a pretty fun endeavor in terms of being able to look at this all of these images and all of these videos that we found of real life Gamble and using that to sort of cross-reference where our block should go. And I'll say the actual Gamble building took about maybe two or three weeks of about a few hours every day where we would just go in and add a few blocks here and there and use some commands to make stuff easier. I'm surprised we're doing even more than Gamble. I didn't, I didn't anticipate it. I can say, because I've been, I recorded uh, most of our Gamble stuff. It's about like 12 and a half hours for wow. the gamble recordings that I have. I, I missed a few sessions, I think. And that's also with multiple people working on it at a time. Can we go on Minecraft and you guys can kind of give me a tour? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, yes. Do you guys want to describe kind of what we're seeing right now? Sure. Yeah. So this is the uh, front entrance. If you walk in through here, you can go and see your bleachers. So we have this sort of area fenced off. So this is going to be for the people who are graduating. We're going to set up a booth over there. Um, where they can actually sit in the middle of the field. And so the idea is we're actually going to have two speakers. We can't say who yet, but... Yeah, so we're going to have two speakers who will sort of uh, introduce the class. Uh, and then we're going to have each person sort of walk up to the stage one by one. We'll hand them a Minecraft book, which will serve as their uh, proxy diploma. And so we're anticipating the graduation ceremony to last maybe 30 minutes. It'll go pretty quick. And then once we do that, we'll have everyone go out and gamble and then they can sort of spread out and start doing the other activities. So we'll have different volunteers at each activity and they'll be able to sort of guide people and uh, control what's going on. And we also have a little surprise that we'll give everyone at the very end of the ceremony, but I'm not going to spoil it right now. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Some of the side activities can be mostly automated, but we'll, we have uh, our volunteers and other staff to make sure everything goes smoothly. How can people participate in the in the graduation? All of our information is pretty much on our social channels, so Facebook and Twitter and Discord. Uh, the Discord link should be on those as well. Um, if you're looking to volunteer uh, to help build the map or help run the event, there is the volunteer form. I don't have a short link for it, but it's also on our social channels. If you're looking to attend either as a graduating UConn student or just as an attendee, whether or not you know a graduating student, UConn student, you don't have to know one. Attendee form is also on our social channels. They're still open. I don't, we might close the volunteer form eventually if we get enough people, but the attendee form should probably go up until pretty close to the event. I believe we currently have uh, 13 new volunteers or 13 attendees. Ryan, attendees. Uh, we're always looking for more people to join, so that would be uh, really helpful if you want to go to. I uh, think we're slash. It's a bit higher than thirteen now. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, Gaming Club, I think. If you don't have Minecraft, it's I believe twenty five dollars. Um, you need the Minecraft Java version, uh, not the Minecraft Windows Store version. They are uh, they look very similar, but they work differently. Um, so you need to make sure you have the Java version and then download version 1.15.2 for the day of. It's, there's nothing special about, like, you don't need to pay more for different versions. It's just they let people download different versions because um, there's different things in each version. And if you 
aren't comfortable with buying the game or just don't want to buy the game, we will also be streaming it on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash Gaming, And we'll be showing off the, the main ceremony and other events for people to, to see and appreciate that don't want to get the game. Because we understand not everyone can buy the game or run the game or just want to play the game at all, but still want to be involved. Mindset commencement will take place May 10th, the day after UConn's official virtual graduation. He doesn't. He said the club doesn't have an exact time yet, but it's going to be sometime in the afternoon because no one wants to wake up in the morning. <laughs> and it will be about a half hour long. If you want to learn more, you can go to their Twitter at UConn Gaming Club or join the Discord server, discord.gg slash UCGC. That's awesome. Very uh, cool. Yeah, um, you know, obviously this is not what anybody wanted, but I'm glad that students are are doing some creative things to to try and at least provide some kind of camaraderie and shared experience. I generally um, find that when students put their mind to it, they'll figure it out, and they usually do. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, especially especially seniors, right? Like that would be bad if after four years of UConn, like people just were like, I don't have any way to solve this problem. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of one of the goals of a UConn education, right? That's awesome. I can't wait to see what it looks like. So uh, if you remember our last episode, and I'm sure that uh, all of our listeners do uh, in every detail, uh, Julie requested a happy story. Yeah. UConn gone by for for the History Corner because, uh, you know, we've been some doom and gloom recently. So I don't know if this is a happy story, but I think it's kind of a quirky, it's a quirky look back on a bygone era. On uh, Friday, November 21st, 1980, Kayleen Colgan of the Daily Campus interviewed an an alumna, Elizabeth Donovan, who had graduated as one of 13 people in the class of 1905. Wow. So uh, she was 97 years old at the time, and uh, the story is basically just about what life was like at UConn uh, in the first years of the 20th century. And uh, it's kind of a delightful story. You can go online and, and read it yourself. I'll just I'll just read some highlights. Tuition was $8 a semester, which is lower than it is today. Uh, <laughs> you know, inflation, I'm sure that, you know, works out. Totally. It's funny reading her reminiscences because like all of her professors were people who now have buildings named after them. Like her favorite was Monteith. That's so weird. So cool. She was in a class with uh, uh, Benjamin Coons's son and she took horticulture from Gully. Like it's just like every, every building has a name. Wow. Uh, Elizabeth Donovan uh, had that class. She, uh, and here's something else that's interesting about her. She was on the very first women's basketball team. Uh, she played with Marjorie Monteith. Among others, Marjorie Monteith was the daughter of H.R. Monteith. Quote, this is what uh, Elizabeth Donovan said, Marjorie started the team. I was just a substitute because I was only a little bit of a thing and the others were husky farm girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that wouldn't fly today. (laughs) That would not fly today. Probably by that point, none of them were around to like contest that description of them. Uh, Is she she in that that photo that we've seen so often of one of the early basketball teams? I believe so. I, yeah, that yes, she is because that was I think 1901 is the photo that everyone sees. I don't know which person she is in the photo because there are no names, but I assume she's one of the the players. That was an undefeated season too. <laughs> did we play high schools at that time? Yes, yeah, we played yeah. high school. And she didn't live on campus, but she and her roommate rented a farmhouse nearby. Wow! They would take a horse and buggy to class every day. And they would, uh, the, the, there was a horse barn, uh, as you can imagine, and the, the students would just like put their horses in the barn 
and park the buggy out. And then when classes were over, they would get in the buggy, get the horses out and go home. Oh my God. I wonder if they claimed or complained about parking constantly with that situation. (laughs) I'm not sure there were tickets given out for the, for the buggy. For the buggies. Oh, this is so great. Tom, you really delivered on my request. I'm like, can you see my smile? I'm so excited. Uh, And so her graduation, she remembered there were 13 members of her class and they were small enough to have their class photo taken on the steps of the dairy building, which is no longer on campus, but it was the first brick building on campus. I guess back in 1980, it was a tradition for students, uh, graduating classes to all take a photo on the steps of the student union and back. Oh, wow. Which is not possible today. Given How many, how many students were in the class in 1980, roughly? Do we know? I don't know. I'm sure that's something that somebody could track down. If you find it uh, and, and send it to us on Twitter, we'll, uh, we'll give you a prize. And that prize is uh, the virtue of a job well done. But uh, <laughs> I'm guessing it was significant. I mean, now it's around 9,000 degrees being held out. And I I'm, I'm, right. would not be surprised if in 1980 it was closer to 3,000, which is still a lot of people. But anyway, apparently the uh, uh, UConn graduation back then was, uh, was like a big social event for the whole area. And students could invite up to 10 people, but lots more would just show up because <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot to do maybe uh, in 1905 or in that era. And so apparently it was like the, one of the big days in the social calendar and people who had no connection to UConn would just show up and say like, oh, I'm with one of the graduates. <laughs> I'm amazed that they still limited it to 10 people. Like, Isn't that funny? Like, yeah. Like now you have to do that because you wouldn't fit everybody, but that's pretty funny with so few. They needed parking for all those buggies. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Where are you going to put all the buggies? But yeah, so that's uh, that's a neat little uh, slice of UConn life. Days gone by, Elizabeth Don. She seemed like uh, quite a character. After she graduated, she uh, uh, had a long career as a teacher. Nice. Um, I have to look that story up. And she uh, received a special alumni award in 1980, which I think is why the uh, story was written. But uh, she seems like quite a character. Of her award, she said at the time, I was very honored, and I think the picture of me came out quite flattering. <laughs> <laughs> the important stuff. That's great. I'm, I'm thinking to find some- that... Uh, with all these Tom's History Corner stories, we might be able to create a, an illustration class to present them. I'd, I'd love that. I'd love a, you know any way to get more Tom's History Corner out in the world. <laughs> it could but, be. Uh, way you could have a lot of fun. With we some of these, we could you know, give that away for, as a prize. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I'll have to talk to the folks in the illustration department. Well, let me know because uh, I, would, I want I them to. I want them to do our first episode, the one with the uh, the shooting. What was that guy's name? <laughs> oh gosh, I forget. But yes. That was the best story. I would want them to do Bill X. Carlson. Yes, absolutely. With, with Uncle Barry. Uncle Barry. Uncle Barry's blogging about uh, coronavirus times. All right. Shout out to Uncle Barry. I want Shout the class to, to just Barry. be. I want the class to just be different rendition drawings of Tom every week. <laughs> what they imagine he looks what like. What they imagine. Yeah, like yeah, Cause... different eras, like the 1905 Tom. You know, yeah. <laughs> like a hippie Tom in 1970. I'd be fine with that. Come on, Twitter followers. You got this. Yeah, I know, I know there's some talented artists among our followers on Twitter. We'll have uh, to have the haberdashery department uh, provide some material. <laughs> D- different, Jaunty diff- hats. Different hat for each each yeah. era. Yeah. Why not, <laughs> honestly? Why not? Oh, losing our minds. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the quarantine lifestyle. All good. It's yeah. a lifestyle now? It, it's the only lifestyle right now. Yeah. What else is there? What else is there? Well, on that subject, uh, we we uh, our alum, Mike Soltis, who has been with ESPN almost from the very beginning, uh, related the story that was in the news that the ESPN folks have built a studio for the governor, so that he can do his 
media interviews from the comfort of his home and looked very well set up when he does. And they had a picture in the paper about it. And it's apparently what they've been doing all along with all their on-air folks. That's how they're broadcasting 24-7 with, with sports that really are not happening right now. I saw that. It is really fun to see like just all these celebrities from their houses all the time. They're just like us. I'm just wondering if all those books are actually real in the background in most of those houses. <laughs> they all have bookcases. I have bookcases, but I've actually read the books. You're being degrading to celebrities now. <laughs> no, it's, celebrities are our most important renewable natural resources. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if uh, telecommuting will be more common after this is over. I mean, for some people, obviously, but like there are people who can't telecommute, obviously. And, but I wonder if, you know, uh, office workers and stuff will be telecommuting more. I kind of hope so. I, I would welcome the opportunity not to com- uh, not to drive so much. Same. I think it's going to change a lot. Well, I'm the, a skeptic on that. The, the, pri- the price well, of oil yeah. went negative. <laughs> last week mm-hmm. that's true first time ever their oil producers are paying people to store the oil for them and i would like to um i don't know if this is you know legal with the state's laws on you know private business or whatever but i would just like to extend an invitation to exxon i have a garage that I, <laughs> I did read an article that you can't just do that unfortunately uh, I, i'm sure there's some zoning <laughs> you thought they'd be banging on your door yeah there's a lot of room in my garage uh, yeah exxon. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not sure that there's a, a a zoning permit that you can get to store that much oil in one place. There's no more laws anymore. Everything is falling apart. All right. No rules. Yeah, <laughs> no exactly. No rules. Like Mad Max out there. We are off the rails. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, liked this, if you savored this heady intellectual discussion today, <laughs> you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Yukon Podcast or at Maine underscore old, where you will find old photographs and snippets of life from Yukon and days gone by. Individually, you can follow me at TJ Breen. Maxine, where can the good people of listener land follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Maxine Philavong. And if you are an employer who is hiring, I'm on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> Maxine Philavong. Please. Julie, what about you? What, what kind of things do you want the people to know? I'm at Julie Bartuka. I've been very happy that you're uh, back on the old main account, tweeting some amazing old pictures of Yukon. There's some good stuff out there. Ken, what's your TikTok? <laughs> we haven't made that yet. Around the clock. TikTok around the clock. That's what it is. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but my adventures can be followed at today.yukon.edu as long as Mr. Breen allows me to continue to write for them. And 91.7 FM, WHUS, UConn Sound Alternative, streaming online at whus.org. Saturdays, now from 3 to 6, we've expanded the show by an extra hour. For the first time, we'll be, uh, well, it would have been last week by the time you hear this. And the show's going to rotate, I believe, around the schedule. And, of course, the episodes uh, slightly recast of... The Yukon 360 podcast Fridays at 11 a.m. And we're in the process of figuring out how to continue through the summer with your favorite episodes of, or at least our favorite episodes of the podcast. We're going to, we're going to discuss that soon. So I've got a lot of editing to do. All right, everybody. That's it uh, for us this week. Be sure to come back in a fortnight and we'll have more excitement for you. And uh, in the meantime, uh, wash your hands, cover your mouth, stay safe out there, everybody. And we'll see you.